Hey everyone, I'm Justin Fiedler and this is Dirt Tracker Conversations. If you are a dirt racing fan, competitor, or Tracker Series official, you have no doubt heard of MyRacePass. The name MyRacePass is tied to driver, track, and series websites, a mobile app, race management software, and a lot more. The company provides technology solutions for a wide array of clients across the dirt racing landscape, and I wanted to find out more behind their rise. My Race Pass co-founder and director of sales and marketing and former racer Josh Holt is my guest on this episode. He tells the full story of the company's formation and a lot more. Enjoy my conversation with Josh Holt. Josh, you are the director of marketing for My Race Pass, is that correct? Correct. Director of Sales and Marketing, one of the co-founders and co-owners, I should say. So I wanted to have you on the show. I, I want to kind of know the whole My Race Pass story, and, and I guess I'm not really sure where is a good place to start, but um, I, I guess maybe just off the bat, it, like what's the elevator pitch for My Race Pass? Like, is there a way to just like give like a one sentence or a couple of sentence like explanation of what My Race Pass is? You know, that's, that's so hard. Um, you know, you run in a situation where you got to have that elevator speech everyone, you know, all the time and you think I'd have it down by now, but essentially what we are, we're a, we're a software slash marketing company in motorsports. We target the motorsports industry and that's who our main tar- main demographic is and grassroots motorsports. So everything below your NASCAR, Formula One, IndyCar, that kind of stuff. Um, the, the bulk of the iceberg, I should say. Um, we do, we do websites, we do, we have software that racetracks use. A lot of times I'll just simply say we're, you know, when it comes to race day and leading up to race day, we have everything that a racetrack would ever need. Um, we, we help, uh, and then the byproduct of that is all of our stuff funnels into one spot. So you know, we have all the thousands of fans in our, in the new My Race Pass app that came out a few years ago. Um, each and every weekend, be able to follow along with their favorite drivers and favorite tracks and series and that kind of stuff. So in a nutshell, what we are is we're a software company that, that is in, in marketing for motorsports and, and um, we try to make the sport better. We try to get, try to engage that race fan and, um, and that's what it's all about. I guess probably the if fans haven't gotten the My Race Pass app yet, I, the, the probably the place where they've run into you the most is with the track websites. Do you have any idea how many track websites you guys do at this point? Um, the number at one point was around that two thirty range. Um, you know, since since our conception or what do you want to call it, we'll probably talk about that in a little bit. We've built nearly a thousand websites. Um, we've, we'd actually just developed a relationship, um, it was actually one of our, one of our competitors for many years, but also a, a close friend for a lot of years, Firethorn Marketing. Um, just last year we devised or put together a plan where, you know, he's got about 150 some odd websites that he's done. He's been in the business for a long time, a great guy, great support guy, great developer. And, um, instead of working against each other, we decided to work for or with each other. So, mm-hmm. you know, moving forward, he's working on building websites on the MyRace Pass framework. It gives him a lot of options for his clients. And it also eliminated that barrier of the, uh, of the loyalty that he had and the loyalty that we had. So now, now, either, you know, now a single track can go to either one of us and, and get great support and a great product. Well, I guess then let's go ahead and jump back to kind of the beginning. I, I know you guys all kind of have varied backgrounds, but but how did the three of you guys get together? And it's it's you, it's Ross, and it's Zach, right? Uh, that were the three co-founders. Yeah, you did your homework. I'm impressed. Yeah. See? So, uh, <laughs> like, give me the story of of how the three of you guys know each other and and kind of like how this thing gets started. Well, it's actually quite a funny story, or quite a crazy story, I should say. It's I call it the lottery draw. So when we were you know, we all, we're all about the same same age. We're you know in our mid thirties, and um, we all went to school about the same time. But like for me, I went to school at SDSU, South Dakota State University in Brookings, South Dakota, and I had the option to pick who I wanted to be with my dorm room, but I didn't. I just said whatever. 
a long story short, um, one of the guys in there, his name was Levi, and uh, he was a drummer. I was a drummer. He was a drummer in a band, so him and I clicked. And uh, one of the guys that was with the band um, that did some stuff on the music side, but then also was the kind of their tech guy, built their website and stuff, was Zach. So that's how Zach and I met initially. Now, we, we got to be good friends and started talking about a lot of stuff. Well, then in the midst of all that, his lottery draw was essentially Ross. And they both went to school at Dakota State University in Madison, South Dakota, for computer science. Mm-hmm. Me, I went to school for engineering to start with and then switched to business. And, and just so everybody knows, I'm not a developer. I don't know how that stuff works. <laughs> but uh, I, leave, I leave it up to my two great partners, Ross and Zach. But that's, that's how we met. And then um, so that's, that's why I call it the lottery draw. If it wasn't for Levi... You know, he knows this. I tell him this all the time. We still talk to this day. You know, if it wasn't for him, you know, we, none of this would ever exist. So um, it, it's pretty cool how it all came together. But then moving forward, it was like October 12th, I want to say, of, of 2007. Uh, Zach and I were sitting um, at, a, at a bar, actually, with a buddy of ours' birthday party. And I was doing, so my background is marketing and motorsports. So I raced sprint cars for a lot of years before that I raced go-karts for a lot of years. And we never had a lot of money growing up. You know, same story here from a lot of people. Uh, the only way we could, the only way I could afford to race is get the names on the side of the car. And I learned real fast that you need to provide, you know, that, that ROI, that return on investment to be able to get bigger names on the, on the side of the car and, and keep those names on the side of the car and turn them, turn them into bigger sponsor, bigger partners. So I was doing some racing resumes, so like racing portfolios uh, for myself, and that obviously turned into some more drivers. Well, Zach, um, him and our other partner, Ross, um, they had a company called BNR Computers. They were doing uh, tech stuff, uh, IT work, building, they built a few websites. And when Zach and I got, to, got, got together, we were talking about just websites in general for race car drivers. And, and, um, and if you remember back in late 07, that's when Mark really had Facebook going it was really taken off mm-hmm. and we thought it'd be cool. We kind of want to do a Facebook for motorsports. Well, obviously you can't build something like that and expect a million people to be on it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so we knew we needed to get a footprint in the industry. And so we started doing, you know, reaching out to friends of mine, um, people that I've raced against people that I've raced with. And, you know, we looked at the market about websites and there's a few people out there doing them. Um, so we thought, well, well, we'll price it this way. We'll try to get a bunch out the door and then try to work towards the bigger goal. And, and what was fun there is, you know, our, I call it our freshman 15. Cause our first year we sold like 18 websites to drivers. Um, and then that in turn, cause we, well, we started the company driver websites, which a lot of the people in the open wheel world has heard that name. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've evolved, you know, to where, you know, from that we, man, we, we, it was, we went starting on the chili bowl. The Han family became clients of ours with the ASCS website and that kind of stuff or all the, in the chili bowl website, Tulsa shootout website. We did that, I think in 2010 or I think 2010. And when Lonnie, Lonnie was still there working for ASCS. And, um, that's that, you know, that really, you know, we attribute a lot to them because that really helped us kind of get going when we started going to the chili bowl. Um, we got in front of a lot of drivers. There wasn't a ton of competition with what we were doing. And we had a new way of doing things with the database-driven websites, uh, the ability to update your own website yourself. That was kind of the main goals right from the get-go with the driver websites. And, and, um, and, that's, and then that's, you know, I got a lot more to talk about, but I'll, I'll let you chime in from there. Well, I, I guess, uh, you know, kind of in, in all of this, you know, where did your kind of driving career come to an end? And then, and then with Ross and Zach, were, were they race fans kind of from the start as well? 
so Ross is one of the biggest race fans I know. And, and Zach's been to, been to a lot of races, and he's not as big of a fan as, you know, as him or I, as Ross or I. But um, myself, my, my career, you know, I, one of the things I did is in 2012, I bought the lease to a racetrack in northwest Iowa, um, in Rock Rapids, Iowa. And I ran that. It was always a dream of mine to do that, um, run a racetrack. And, I could, and then for, the other thing was is I knew it would be a very uh, kind of like a semester of school for us with the company of what we want to do. Um, so Ross and Zach were there each and every Friday night. Um, I was showing them things that I, you know, the problems that we have is, as far as running the racetrack, as far as, you know, the, the scoring, as far as the back gate, as far as registration, as far as just simple marketing stuff. Um, how do we incorporate the website to do more and more for the promoters? And, and that was a big year for us. Um, it was honestly a very expensive year for me, but, uh, it was a, it was a good year for the company and we had, um, we, a lot came out of that. I mean, a, a ton of, of development and a new wave of how we learned how to do things came out of that year. And that was kind of essentially the birth of our, our race management system was that season. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what, you know, there's over 500 organizations across the U S using that system today. So it's, it was 2012 when I took on the racetrack to answer your question, I had, I, I sold my stuff sold my racing stuff. And that was honestly the hardest thing I could ever do um, personally, because when I grew up, my brother raced, my brother raced sprint cars for a lot of years. Um, he actually raced online sprint cars out in Indiana for quite a while. And um, from South Dakota, that's where, where I'm from originally. And when I got into go-karts, I was six, uh, moved into sprint cars when I was 14. I won my first race, six races in at Nobles County Speedway in Worthington, Minnesota. And I'll never forget that night. And, um, actually beat Justin Henderson off the line. So him and I joke about that from time to time. Um, I think more I joke about it and he just kind of gets mad when we talk about it. But uh, the, uh, and then that was it. And then since then, you know, I've always, I've always wanted to drive again. You know, Ross, I got Ross into a go-kart. We've been doing some fun stuff there, racing some asphalt go-kart and, uh, and Margate put together a new class called the Ignite series. It's a Briggs L 206 and we get to travel around to some cool places. Uh, we got Tony Bach open into it last year. And, nice. and so the three of us and then uh, Jeff scales with AFCO, uh, we all got into it went out to Indianapolis motor speedway and race there. And, and, you know, that was pretty cool, but it, it's hard as a, on the personal side as a driver, because any driver will tell you this who hasn't raced, you know, doesn't race anymore that sitting in the stands is the hardest thing you could ever do. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, you know, you're, you always got that. Well, if I was out there, I could totally do better than that guy, you know, but, uh, <laughs> it's, it's always easier said than done, but the, uh, um, it's been hard, but maybe someday you might see, see me behind the wheel again. We'll see. I, I'm curious, like, as you guys kind of get rolling and, and doing driver websites, how long did it take before it was like really kind of a viable business? And like, you know, were you guys able to kind of quit your day jobs and, and be able to just do that? Well, luckily, um, the three of us had really strong work ethic. We worked our tails off and we paid ourselves nothing the first well, quite a couple of years, a few years, actually. Um, Zach is a very skilled car- carpenter. So he was he was building homes and he builds cabinets, really nice stuff. And, and um, so he was able to do that on the side. Um, I had a construction company. We were building grain bins all over the country. So I was fortunate there that we had some revenue coming in that way. And Ross has been in IT forever. He had a really good job, you know, working at a place in Madison there and, and, uh, doing some front end development type stuff. And, and so we, we were in a good spot to be able to do what we did and we did everything kind of part time, but it was, 
I think it was just over a year before we all dived in full time and was like, okay, let's work, let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie. It was, it was tough. You know, those, I mean, we were paying ourselves, you know, very little, uh, just enough to barely get by. And, um, but we knew we had a big picture in mind and we knew we needed to work hard and we were working 60, 70, 80, 90 hours a week, trying to get stuff out and, and, uh, you know, try to get that footprint as big as, as big as we possibly could, as fast as we possibly could. And that was our, that was our main goal with a limited budget. I mean, we started this company with, with each of us throwing in 250 bucks. Um, we haven't put any more money in there essentially out of our own pocket since. So it's, 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 uh, so that part has been good, but then it wasn't really, I mean, to really answer your question, it was probably 2011 um, that really set us off. Um, it was kind of the birth of my race pass, though we didn't have, know what the name of it was then. Um, and we, we sold like, I think we did 140 some websites that year. Um, I was busy on the sales side and, and I was doing the design work at the time too. So the uh, Zach and Ross were pounding out stuff left and right. We were, we were launching websites, but 2011s were, were where driver websites really started to get a name. And then that's also when we started doing more and more racetrack websites and opening up our, in like 2012, like I said, kind of broadened our, our, our product line with our race management system. And, and, um, but it, it was definitely a struggle. I mean, it was a struggle for a long time there, but you know, like I said, we had a goal in mind. Um, we knew where we wanted to be. Um, and it's been fun and we'll get to this, but it's been fun here the last couple of years seeing it all come together. Yeah, I guess, you know, kind of just the natural progression is, you know, when do things kind of go from driver websites and then kind of go and, and kind of maybe morph into my race pass and, you know, kind of what's the, the thought process as things kind of move and change there? Well, so we had, we started my race pass, we actually started a separate company it would have been in, 2013 is when we actually launched my race pass. Um, my race pass, all that was supposed to be was, uh, we called it our, we called it a hurdle. Um, we knew we had to do a bunch of stuff to get over that, to get to where we want to be with my race pass. And we started offering the my race pass profiles, um, at $10 a month. Drivers can come on board and get a, get their my race pass profile, kind of like a Facebook page. Um, it was a free profile and then you could do other stuff for just 10 bucks a month. And, and we started getting that going. Um, how that eventually changed then was a lot of big things happened. Um, our race management software was growing. We had probably, I don't know, 150 to 180 some tracks and series, race series utilizing our software. Um, it was at the Can point- I interrupt you for just one second? Yeah. For, for people that don't know what race management software is, can you like give a, a quick explainer about what that is? Sure. A quick version of race management is pretty simple. It starts everything from online registration at the start of the season all the way down to, you know, getting your tax forms ready for 1099s. But basically, but the gut of it is, so a racetrack, we use our software. So every driver who, maybe there are drivers out there that hasn't heard of my race pass, you all got to go to the pit gate, you all got to buy a pit pass, you all got to draw a pill out of the Crown Royal bag or a poker trip out of the Crown Royal bag. Um, and then you get your lineups, um, you race your, your qualifying races, and you get your lineups for your summer features and your A features. And at the end of the, all that, um, you have points calculated and payouts put together. Well, what my race pass does is automate all of that and give them a, a, a one, one spot, a, a web version software or web-based software that you could, I mean, we've had scorers score from their couches at home. Um, or, or do the processes. So that's, in a nutshell, that's what race management is. It basically helps the racetracks um, just help get through their night. 
And then it obviously widens out with online registration. It, it widens out with our online ticket sales. It widens out with uh, some of the marketing stuff that we have, including websites. But race management is simply, it just manages their night of racing. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to lineups, we have, a, you know, a couple hundred lineups created. So there's always a racetrack that has some kind of special lineup. Um, all drivers are different. They all like the different types of lineups and all promoters are different. And, and we, we definitely have some crazy ones out there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but so in a nutshell, that's what race management is. So like you guys, you know, kind of, you've got my race pass kind of going off on the side as one thing, but then, you know, at some point you kind of start bringing that all together. So like, you know, what was the kind of thought process and, and when did that kind of light bulb moment happen? It's like, Oh, maybe we can just kind of combine all of these things together. Well, it would have been, so we all worked from home up until uh, like April of 2014. We decided we needed to bring someone on board. Uh, we needed some help. We probably did that a year too late, but we needed some help. And we could see kind of the direction of where things were going, that our race management system was a real big, um, that was the ticket. I mean, that's what racetracks would look at and be like, okay, that's, that's great. And since from day one, when Zach and Ross developed, you know, our, our, our system, it's always been a database driver driven system. So everything kind of talked to each other. Kind of, I always explain it this way. Like if you tag your buddy on Facebook, it shows up on their profile uh, or their page. My race pass works a very similar way. Um, driver websites did back then. Um, we just didn't have it called my race pass. So the, the aha moment was essentially because we knew race management was such the, was such a big draw. Um, we knew we needed to get a stranglehold of the rest of the market, or, you know, work towards getting more and more tracks and series on board so we could divide, you know, devise better products and, and develop better product, develop better software. Well, there's some racers out there, it's been a while now, but there's some racers out there and a lot of, a lot of scorers out there who used to use a software called SpeedNet. Um, there was SpeedNetDirect.com. And um, that was a website that two guys started, or a company that two guys started out of Florida uh, like 15 years ago. And they were a race management software. That's all they did. And then they provided, they front-faced some results on their website and whatnot. Um, they had, you know, at one point, I mean, throughout time, there's over 800 tracks that use that software. The business came up for sale. And we knew that that was the right move. Um, so a lot happened there. Uh, we were ready to make a big jump. Um, we were gonna, we were looking at different places to move the business to. Uh, Sioux Falls at the time didn't really offer everything that we were looking for. Uh, we looked at Charlotte, we looked at Indianapolis, we looked at California and then realized that's too expensive. We looked at Austin, Texas, and then we had some friends down there and, and down here in Lincoln. And so the fall of 2015, a lot happened. The fall of 2015, we decided to move the move our company and one of our employees to Lincoln, Nebraska. We bought that company, SpeedNet. We bought SpeedNet. And we hired like, I don't know, four people that were four people in the next four months and then another six after that. It was it was kind of crazy. Um, because we were ready to we needed to make that boom. It was now or never. It was time to, to you know, crap or get off the pot, so to speak. And, uh, and we did that. And, and it was, it's been, that was a fall of 15 and it's been, you know, so then when we did that, we bought SpeedNet, we combined the two companies, driver websites and my race pass, and we moved to Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, and we did all that like in a 45 day time frame, And then move, we moved forward obviously with the name, my race pass. And so that's quite honestly, since then, it's been a whirlwind. <laughs> How many people work for my race pass now? 
Uh, honestly, there's there's just uh, what is there ten of us that are basically full time, and then we have some we have a, quite a handful of others that do some contracted work for us, and and we have people all over the world for that matter that help contribute to my race pass. And um, but uh, front facing, there are ten of us that, that do great things at, at the company, and and that's that's a whole other conversation. I mean, we went through at one point we had um, what was there nineteen full time people. Uh, we had to do that ramp up for a couple of reasons, and uh, I'm not afraid to say it, but we had we wanted to find find the right people, find the good people for your team, you know. And when we bought Speednet, there was a lot of transitional stuff, and because we bought Speednet, we didn't really do much for the first year. We just kind of wanted to let it ride and and just see how 2016 rolled out, and then realize at the end, you know, throughout that time, do we put more assets into my race pass? Do we put more assets into Speednet? What do we do? At the end of it all, we realized we needed to, you know get off of SpeedNet, get onto my race pass and put all the time and energy into that. And, and that whole process, that takes a lot of development. That takes a lot of, you know, sales and support staff. Um, so that we really ramped up there. And then from that, we were able to generate a team that we have now that is, um, I think everyone, but our latest designer has been with us over four years, yeah, over four years now. Um, we've brought another designer and front end developer, um, Nolan, not about two years or two and a half years ago. So, um, it's been, you know, the team itself is, you know, we, I couldn't ask, I couldn't be happier. I mean, our whole team works very well together and has proven here the last few months, which I'll get into that a little bit, but um, that's, I don't know if I, I think I got off track there and I got missed your question, but. No, no, you, you answered. I was just asking how many people you had and, and kind of what the team looked like. But one of the things that I always kind of, you know, I worked for the world of outlaws for, for seven years and, and, you know, was the kind of the main web web developer for a lot of that, but the, the, the slow transition that, that dirt racing kind of has with technology and has had with technology has, you know, is for somebody like me and, and I'm for sure for, for you guys is, is really frustrating at times. And, and I'm curious, especially kind of in the early days and, and, you know, when you're try, you know, trying to get, you know, people on websites and get them to use your race management software, like how difficult was that slog to kind of get tracks to kind of buy into the technology? Well, that's certainly not past tense because that's certainly going forward even today. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about, uh, Motorsports in general, you take out the top tip of the iceberg. You know, take out NASCAR, F1, IndyCar, that kind of stuff. I'm talking grassroots, uh, the bulk of the iceberg. Um, you know, motorsports is just behind in time when it comes to technology. We just are. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing wrong with it. That's just how, how it is. Uh, to put it bluntly, before we started driver websites, I, I rarely sent an email I, myself. You know, I'm an old racer guy, right? And uh, so it was so – which, which has helped – you know, it helps with that transition because I'm talking to someone who's on, on, on kind of my level of technology, right? I mean, I had, we had, I had ideas, I had ideas and visions and stuff just like Zach and Ross did, but the difference was is Zach and Ross could actually do it. <laughs> I, I, I had no clue. Um, I just knew I wanted to get from point A to point B somehow. And, uh, but, you know, when you talk to promoters, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of older promoters, great promoters that do great things and, you know, Putting it bluntly, you know, times change over time. And there's there's always things that have worked 30 years ago that will work today, but there are some things that worked 30 years ago that will not work today. And, you know, keeping up with the times, um, you're battling so many different things, trying to get fans in the stands. There's so much more of a monthly expense to the families today than there was 30 years ago or 20 years ago. Um, engaging that fan, you know, I mean, um, you know, Facebook has been a big role in motorsports for years. Um, but one thing that I, you know, one of the, one of the reasons, one of the things that with the app getting developed is, you know, I was standing 
on the scoring tower one time and everybody's looking down on their phones, looking at Facebook and Twitter and whatnot. And I was like, well, that sucks. We need to find a way to where we can get the race fans engaged into what's going on in the racetrack the whole time they're sitting here. And that was, that's the idea behind my race pass. I mean, we're, we're trying to engage that race fan. We're trying to provide tools that promoters, so promoters buy our software to help them through their race plan. But then the byproduct of that is so many more things that they can take advantage of that they're, that they don't even know they're taking advantage that providing that race fan that much more engagement and the transition is still tough. You know, we talk to tracks all over the country. Um, like I said, there's well over 500 organizations that use our software and, um, it's always a, it's a learning curve. Um, we have some tracks that get it right off the bat and it's, and life is great and they get all pieces of my race pass. They're using it. Everything is fantastic. And there's some tracks that then they need to ease into it a little bit. So their first year might be a little rocky and, you know, we, we, we provide, we try to provide the best support we possibly can, but you know, you gotta, you gotta want to change, you know, change is always tough. Um, but you got to want to change and want to take the time to learn some things. And, and um, so we, we do everything we possibly can to help them through the process. And, and the nice thing is, is I've been in their shoes. You know, I've been a driver, been a promoter at two different places. Um, and so, I mean, uh, some of the complications that they go through, I understand. And personnel is always difficult, especially at a racetrack that races 18 shows a year because you're, you're relying on 20 to 40 people to be there 18 weekends out of the year. And that's, they throw away their summers. Um, so we're, we try to find ways to where, you know, it just makes that pain less painful mm-hmm. and without breaking the bank as well. So, I mean, it's all about, it's all about easing into it, you know, and some, there are promoters out there too. that are like, man, I know, I know I'm behind the times and technology. We need to do everything we can. There's a lot of broadcasters out there that see this every day. Um, you know, we need to, what do we need to do to get up to speed? And, and then we, we, we help them with that. So. How has it been like when you go to somewhere like PRI, like, you know, kind of fast forward to more present day, you know, now that my race passes out there more, people kind of understand what it is you guys do. Is that sales process a little easier now because, you know, you've got a little bit of a brand now and, and, you know, people actually, there's a ton of people out there that are using your software. Well, absolutely. I mean, that's no different than any other company, you know, whenever you get some traction and get some brand recognition and get some good positive use cases and good users, good user feedback. I mean, it's always going to make the sales process easier. Um, you know what it was this year has been a wild year. We all know for everyone. Yeah. For everyone. 2020 is a year that we're going to, we'll never forget, but we'll want to forget for the rest of our lives. And, um, you know, luckily for us and for a lot of, you know, a lot of racetracks out there, we were able to help with that a lot um you know providing you know with our online registration or our automatic uh, automated computerized whatever you want to call it pill draw scenario or online tickets has been a big hit here um trying to keep up with all the all the you know all the the health codes and whatever with the new all the covid crap going on um so that that's helped a ton but even before that i mean when we went into pri most racetracks just about every racetrack that walked up to us and was wondering, you know, who are you guys? What do you do? Uh, that, that wasn't the case anymore. It was like, okay, I, I've seen this guy, this racetrack over here use us. Um, all my drivers are telling us we need to use it. All my fans are telling me we need to use it. Tell me how to get started. You know, so the, the sales process there has been obviously a lot, a lot smoother, but at the same token, it's, you know, we need to keep on our toes. We need to keep developing new products, uh, more fluent, more, um, intuitive software so people can just pick up on it and go and that's one of the things that the team is so great at to, to be able to provide that the best case scenario best experience possible for them promoters for them scorers out there 
Um, because if, if they're doing a good job, it's going to make everybody's lives easier. The drivers love it. The fans love it. Um, there's so many other things out there that they can take advantage of with my race pass that, um, but, but you're right. I mean, now we got, you know, a couple hundred thousand people on the app every weekend. Um, we're, you know, in every, just about every state now, um, as far as some level of, of, of my race pass, some, some clients using it in some capacity, even Hawaii, um, and Alaska. So that's been cool. And, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's come a long ways in the last it's come a really long ways in the last four years, but it's come a long ways in the last year and a half. When you kind of look back over the history of, of, you know, all of it, you know, all the way back to driver websites and getting started, are there like a couple of like inflection points that like stand out to you as like, you know, Oh, like maybe we've got something here. Like maybe, you know, Oh, you, you know, you notice somebody maybe using a website or using an app and you're like, Hey, we built that. Like this person doesn't even, you know, like they don't even know the story behind this, but like, do you, do you have a couple of those moments through the, all of this that really stand out to you? Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, one of the things, one of the big ones that I remember is we, we developed a website called SprintSource, SprintSource.com. We did that. I think we launched that back in 2000. Shoot, it might have been it was either late 2010 or early 2011. I can't really remember for sure. Um, but that was the, the first front-facing side of what my race pass at the time was. Um, so if you had a if you had a website through us and you were a race car driver and you were a sprint car driver, the the data pulled forward to SprintSource.com, and so all the drivers that had websites from us, all the tracks that had websites from us that had sprint car related content would show up automatically. I mean, as soon as they push enter or whatever on their site for a news article, that news article would show up on SprintSource all super fast and automatically. And we were at the I forget where I was, but there was I was just playing race fan. Um, that was before, I mean, nobody knew who we were, anything like that. And uh, there was a guy talking to another buddy of his, and we were in line of the beer stand, to be quite frank about it. And uh, there was a guy, oh, I found this new website. You know, it's it's uh, got all the sprint car related stuff. I don't have any of that, you know, modified crap on there. Um, blah, 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 blah. I can find one spot. And and that's not me saying that. That's the guy saying that. I'm just telling the story. The uh, And... Uh, he said, well, the one guy says, well, what is it? He said, well, I, I can't remember for sure. And he pulled it up and it's, oh, it's SprintSource, SprintSource.com. And I just, I just started smiling because I thought to myself, okay, that's, that's our site. And, you know, the, the idea behind how that works is, is making an impact. And, and that's, and that, that's really the biggest one I think that I can remember. Um, since then it's, it's every day. Um, when you see, new fans come on board. We do some app activation events where we go to bigger events. Like for example, going to the IMCA Super Nationals coming up here. It's a great, great showing of some of the greatest modified and stock car drivers across the across the country. I'll come here for that. You know, there's like 900 cars there. Mm-hmm. Um, what's fun there is if you get a new fan, there's a lot of the fans that use us already, but if you get a new fan there and we show them a handful of things real quick and their light, their, their face lights up and they just think that's the coolest thing in the world, you know, and, and so every day we come across stuff like that. And it's always, that's always, that's always a, a good feeling. I, I know you're not a tech guy, but as somebody who is a tech guy, the, the underlying kind of database is something that's super interesting to me, but how do you kind of sell that? Like when, when you're talking to, to drivers or, or, or tracks, like, you know, kind of the magic of that is, and you know, if, if you go look at any site that, you know, my race pass is involved in, you know, with results and things like that, all of those things kind of end up tying together, whether people realize that or not, but how do you kind of sell that magic uh, when, when you go talk to somebody? Well, actually that's one of the reasons why we built sprint source dot com to begin with um 
because we had all the data from all the different drivers and stuff and all the, you know, their news articles, their bio information, all public facing stuff. And we, we needed a place to put it. Um, before Sprint Source, it was, it really was not existent. Once we had Sprint Source, I talked to guys like, like Brady Bacon. He's been a client of ours for years. And, um, and that was one of the things I told him. I says, you know, we got the website Sprint Source and any information you put on there, you know, we're getting X number of hits on Sprint Source. And so your, your information, your sponsors are going to be on there. And nobody, nobody ever really understood what the hell all that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, it, but they could see it. You know, if they could see it, they could touch it, they could smell it. And they're like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of cool. It wasn't until, so that was, that's been a, you know, our Sprint Source was my sales tool for a lot of years. Um, you know, and I, the Sprint Car world, that's where I grew up, you know, so I knew a lot of the drivers and stuff. And um, that's kind of how we got started. But um, after that, once we started launching the profiles on my race pass and whatnot, people started to see a little bit about it and about how that worked. But it wasn't until we launched the app before people were like, whoa okay, that's what these guys have been working on for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is why, this is why they're, they are where they are right now is because everything is, and this is why I want to be a part of that. You know, we, we want to have, um, we got, like I said, a couple hundred thousand people on the app. We want to make sure our information is on there. So as a driver, we want to make sure our profile is updated because if it's not, it looks like we're not racing. It looks like I'm not, I don't care about my sponsors and that kind of stuff. And, and it wasn't until we launched the app before there were so many people out there, all everybody out there was like, okay, this is what they were doing. This is cool. So you've got race management software right now. You've got the app. You've got, I know you, you, you mentioned tickets, you know, you, you talked about, you know, kind of some of the public facing stuff. Um, am I missing anything? Is that, uh, does that kind of cover all of it? Well, we also have, so our online ticketing platform has been really big. It's been, we've had that going since 2000. I think we did it for Park Jefferson Speedway when I ran that with Adam Adamson in 2014. Um, but right now there's about 240 racetracks across the U S that use our ticketing platform. So that's been a big product that, that comes with the software. You know, there's no additional fees. It doesn't cost the promoters anything. Um, beyond that for drivers, um, you know, we have a really cool apparel program, um, uh, which has been a really big hit. Um, it's direct to garment. So it's a different type of printing style. Um, we worked with the printers for years before we were able to provide a product because when they first developed direct garment printing, it was mainly for like the, the slogan shirts, you know, one color, real easy, real simple. Well, then I brought up, you know, a six color wild and crazy racing shirt and they're like, Whoa, what's this? Um, so we worked with them for a couple of years actually, before we were able to have a, have a product that we were comfortable with putting out there. But what's cool about that is it's, it's not necessarily for your Brady Bacon's. It's not for your Aaron Reitzel's. I mean, Aaron does take advantage of it. Um, and I'll tell you why in a little bit, it's not, it's not for your, you know, Kyle Larson's because they're going to have their, they're going to have their merchandise trailer and they're going to, you know, they can afford to buy a bulk amount of t-shirts or whatever, and then they can go sell them and they can make good profits off of it. Um, but our program is for guys like me when I first started, it's for 95% of the other racers that are out there. Um, where they, you know, when I first started, I couldn't afford to buy a bulk order from bulk order of shirts from a Canyon or an Arizona or Octane or wherever, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't afford that. Um, but with us, you know, you pay $9 a month or 72 bucks a year as with our essential package for a driver. Um, we have a hundred dollar option and a $300 option for the t-shirt design and setup fee. From there, we, we, we have a store, mrpmarket.com and you can go there and you, the driver has their own store. And we have offer like seven to nine different types of apparel, like, you know, tank tops, t-shirts, hooded sweatshirts, regular sweatshirts. Um, 
in, a, in all the different colors. So a, a fan can go there. A driver can promote that on their Facebook page or whatever, send out the link. Um, like for, you can even point a domain name to it. I think I have joshholtapparel.com or something like that. You can buy a t-shirt, you know, but um, a fan can go there and they pick out the shirt they want. They can uh, select the size, select the, select the color. And when they buy it, uh, 10 to 14 business days, they get their t-shirt in their mailbox. And every 30 days, we essentially put their, the driver's profits right in their bank account by ACH. And they can make anywhere from $5 a shirt to, I know there's some sweatshirts out there that with a little bit, I think they're making like $12 a sweatshirt. But the biggest thing there is they don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. um, they just got to promote a little bit on social media and, and um, you know, get people to go there and, uh, and they'll sell some. You know, we've, we've had a, a situation, we had a sport compact driver. Um, if anybody knows anything about sport compact racing, there's not a lot of money in it. Um, you're not racing for a thousand or two thousand or ten thousand to win. You're racing maybe for a hundred bucks or, or something. And uh, he called in as a younger guy. Um, I don't know if he was 20 yet, and just getting started racing and really wanted to have a shirt. And he thought it'd be a really good idea to have a shirt for one of his sponsors. And I told him, I said, well, let's make whatever your racing thing on is on the front, and let's put your sponsor logo on the back and a couple things about your sponsor, and we'll, let's see what happens. And not an hour after we launched the store and he put it on his Facebook page, his sponsor bought a hundred of those shirts. Nice. And uh, I think he made $7 a shirt on it. So at 700 bucks he made, you know, he made more money in that one t-shirt sale than he did all year racing the sport compact, you know, and he called the next week and was like, man, Josh, I can't believe that just happened. I said, well, that's, that's the power of the web. You know, you never know what can happen. And, and uh, I guarantee your sponsor's got a big smile on his face because not only does he have some really cool team shirts, but he's also was able to help you out in a different way. And, and, and for other drivers like your Aaron Reitzels and whatnot, we've done a lot of shirts for him and for him and Shelby and uh, trying different designs, you know, so like seeing what's, seeing what's, seeing what's, what's happening, what's popular. And then if he starts selling a whole crap load of shirts off the marketplace, um, then he'll, then he can go take that shirt and go get it, you know, done at wherever he gets it done at screen printing because it's, you know, we're one off type sort of apparel, right? So it's going to cost the wholesale cost is higher, yeah. you know, cause we're not, we're not making so many at once. And they're literally, literally you grab a blank t-shirt off the shelf and print it right there on the spot and put it in the bag and ship it to the customer. So um, that's been a really big deal um, is our apparel program. After that, uh, um, you know, we have, that's one of the problems we have with my race bass is we have such a wide product line. So when we're trying to explain to someone, you, you know, you're in for a little, you're in for some time because we got <laughs> so much to talk about. Um, but the biggest thing that I want to make sure we talk about now is, is something that we've been working on. We've launched it on Sprint Source. We had on Chili Bowl, um, IRA Sprints, uh, All-Star Sprints years ago, 2012, 13, 14, 15, all the way up even to, even to today but it was our fantasy racing. Mm. Um, we wanted to have that for, it's one of the things, and we got piles of notebooks, you know, those old six subject, note, five subject notebooks you used to have and when you're in grade school. Um, we got like six of those full of notes of what we want to do. And um, one of the things in there from way back when was fantasy racing. And we finally got to the point where, you know, we could have had it out sooner, but we, we, we kind of timed things the way we try to be strategic, strategic about it. And we got that out here just recently, and we're just learning a little bit this year with the fantasy platform on the Myrie's Pass app. We're just learning, and we have some really cool stuff to come for next year. So it was this year just about getting it out, getting out the door, get some feedback on it. Um, and and uh, that's that's been our biggest product here lately. 
How do you like, I mean, how do you kind of keep up with all of this? It seems like you're kind of going in so many different directions at once. Like how, how do you keep an eye on all of these things that are going on? Uh, the only way to answer that is a great team. You know, my two partners, Ross and Zach, I mean, those guys, I mean, Zach's, those guys are just amazing at what they do. Um, hopefully they say the same thing about me, but I don't, I never, <laughs> but, uh, but they're just, they're just really good, really devoted to what they're doing. And then that's going to stem down, you know, we got great leadership and you can't, you know, our team, you know, all the guys in the office, our development team, our sales and support staff, our design team. I mean, they're just all a hundred percent in my race pass and, any business owner will tell you that, that it's, that's hard to find employees like that, that are just hundred percent devoted um, to what they're doing. They, they see the big picture. They see what they're wanting to be up. They're on the ground floor of, of where we're at. And um, they're all, I mean, all the guys, we're all working from home now, March 19th through this COVID stuff. We sent we got a really nice office downtown um, Lincoln, Nebraska in the Haymarket. We got our own little football field out there. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, really cool. And, and, uh, but we, we're not going to get rid of it. We're going to keep that, but we're, you know, we're going to keep working from home here for a while. And, and we wouldn't be able to do that if we didn't have the team that we did. Um, you know, there's some people need some guidance every day. And, and luckily with our team, it's just, that, that, that's, that's the best way to explain it. I mean, without the team that we have, there's no way we'd be able to keep track of everything that we're doing. And, you know, the stuff that, you know, a lot of the stuff kind of came out by accident. Uh, Zach, he would just develop, develop, develop and get it out the door. And then we've learned what we did wrong later. Um, that's been a lot of our, that's been our development practice as you as a developer probably don't like that, but that's been a lot of our practice for, for, for a lot of years. You know, we've slowed that down quite a bit here recently. We really took our time with fantasy and, and a lot of our race management stuff. Um, but we wanted to get it out the door because we believed that it was going to be a strong point. We believed it was going to be as you know a good product. We believed that the fans were going to like it, and so let's, let's get it out there, hurry up, and, and see you know see what it does. And from there, we can learn and go from there. What do those like you know kind of for Ross and, and Zach and some of your guys like? What do their roles look like? I mean, are those especially Ross and Zach? Are those guys like I mean, are they coding every day? Like, I mean, are are they more kind of in management roles? And like, I mean, how do they kind of split up? Like, who who's working on what? Well, so we. We, uh, we have a little software that we use to help with the development process. Um, not afraid to say it. It's just Jira. It's a software out there that mm -hmm. basically timelines. We develop everything in a two-week sprint platform or method, I guess. Um, basically, we'll plan for a day, and then we'll, we'll develop like heck for five days, and then we'll decomp, we'll, and then we'll you know, release it, and then we'll fix anything we need to fix if there is anything to be fixed, and then and start our next sprint. Um, Zach, he's, he's your back-end hardcore back-end developer guy. I mean, he's the brains behind the database. He's the, he's the brains behind a lot of what you, uh, the development practice and how we do stuff. Um, he bounces stuff off of Ross all the time, obviously, as, as a, and, you know, they talk to me about it, but I just, I look like a deer in headlights. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, I've tried to learn a little bit, but I don't need to. I can let those guys worry about it, you know. And, um, and then Ross, he's, uh, you know, he's all the front-end guy. I mean, he's so he's front-end development. He, he's, he's, he's a, some, you know, basically a full stack developer, but I mean, he's, he's all front end. So everything you see generally is he's got his fingers on, it. you know, the user experience, the user interface, that kind of stuff. Um, that's a lot of what Ross does. And um, both of them together, you know, kind of manage the development crew, the development team. And uh, we have our, you know, our main Android developer who's been with us for four years now. And he's, he's great. He's come along. We got him on as an intern 
and now he's our lead lead Android developer, and he's a, he's essentially a full stack developer as well, and does a lot of backend stuff. And you know, it's been hard for Zach and Ross both to more so. I'm saying that because I know it's hard for me um, to let other people do some stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always a hard part when you're bringing on employees and whatnot. Um, but then you know, we got a great QA guy, uh, Nate. He's over there just making sure everything works, and and uh, and then our no one that came on board uh, a couple years ago. He's an awesome graphic artist, um, designer, and he's also a front-end guy too. So he'll work on some stuff. Uh, we have our website, MRP Digital Ads, which is a different story, but it's another company of ours for advertising. Um, you know, he built that one from the ground up using our same back-end development. And um, so that was cool to see. And um, so that, that's kind of what, you know, they're in charge of that. And then on my side, it's just, I got my guys on the sales and support side and you know, we all, we all know what's going on. We all have our goals for the week or the month or the year or the quarter. And we, we get together once a week on a meeting. We, we do our one-on-ones once a week and, and we talk obviously throughout the day. And, and um, so I, I, I let Zach and Ross do their thing on the, on the development side and, and product development. And then we all get together for that obviously. And then um, they let me do my side on the, the sales and marketing thing and it, we're kind of like a tripod you know and it's it's been a, a great relationship from the start a lot of times you don't see three guys you know hunking out for what's it been going on 13 years now um we don't ever really want to kill each other very often so it's that's, you know, it, <laughs> that's always been good but uh we like to go golfing we like to go to races and we like to hang out and you know obviously life happens the older you get with families and whatnot but but uh yeah it's just been a great team I'm curious too about kind of like iteration. Like you, you, one of the things that I, I built while I was at World Racing Group is is the Dirt Car Point system that you know is is doing a lot of the similar things that you guys are you know are doing there. But how do you kind of handle that feedback from from the racetracks from the promoters? Like you know you know this can I move this text box here or like oh I have this format there. Like you know it, are you checking in with them regularly or what does that kind of look like? Uh, feedback is more than welcomed. I mean we want as much feedback as we possibly can get. Um, it's no different than anything else. So if we have one person out of a thousand that says they want to do this, I really want to diagnose on why, mm-hmm. you know, what, what is the reason you want to do that? What, why is, why do you want that text box moved over there? What is it, what is it giving you problems with? Um, and then I'll probably reach out to, if one person asks me, I'm not going to just blow it off. I'm going to probably reach out to a dozen other scorers or whatever promoters and be like, okay, have you, have you seen this to be an issue? Have you, have you run into this being a problem before? And then if we get some feedback on that that says yes, then we'll then we'll take it up the ladder up to the, you know, talking in our dev meeting and be like, this guy really wants this text box to be from here to here. And this is why, and this is the supporting whys mm-hmm. on why we want to do it. The other thing is too, so that's that's one thing. You know, we're, any 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 feedback is welcome. In fact, that's one of our biggest problems. We don't we don't get enough feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, we, have, we have some scores out there that you know, I don't know if they're just afraid to chime in and say, Hey, this ain't working for me or, or what, but I hate, I just, I feel horrible when I hear that a scorer was doing this all season long. And then for whatever reason, if, if I'm there or one of our guys are there, we just happen to stumble across it and be like, you know, if you click this instead of that, you'd save a half hour every night. Yeah. You know, so that, that's, that's, that's the hardest part for us to get that feedback. The other thing is, is it's pretty black and white. I mean, our, our software is all, Essentially, it's like Microsoft Word, right? Everybody knows how to use Microsoft Word. You know how to bold something, you know how to italicize it, you know how to underline something, you know how to create a new paragraph, you know how to print. Well, that's, you know, like Facebook 
everybody knows how their Facebook page works because it's all the same. If I, if I got questions on, for, from you, I could ask you, how do I make my page do this? I could ask, I don't need to call Facebook. I can just ask you. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things, you know, we took the fa- Facebook approach versus the My, MySpace approach um, and making everything, try to make it everything smell the same, taste the same, look the same. That way, if there is internal support, that one score can ask the other score. But if something's wrong, with the amount of usage that we have, we know about it really fast. Yeah. You know, which, which is a good thing. You know, so, I mean, if, if one score is having an issue with something and I get a phone call or I get an email saying, ah, something's broke. I, I just, by the time I get that, I get 30 more, you know, so then we're able to have, you know, our great staff be able to jump on and fix whatever needs to fix or, um, but generally at the end, like right now in our race management software for all of our racetracks for promoters and scorers, we have a little thing on the top, you know, like a survey thing. Mm-hmm. So we put that out there the last couple of, couple of months of the season, just and they can free will. We, we pick a few things of what we're working on and what they'd like to see the most um, for next season. And then we have a kind of an open discussion area where they can label out the things they like, the things they don't like. Um, what are some of the problems outside of my race pass that they're having as a promoter, as a scorer? So maybe there's, that's the other thing too, is if, if a promoter or scorer is having issues with, I don't care if it's the hot dogs or if it's the, the Bud Light versus Miller Light or and let us know because maybe there's some maybe there's something that we can do. Mm-hmm. Technology is an amazing thing, so just give me the problem. Let us try to find a way to help solve it. Yeah, I, and I guess kind of along those same veins is is you know all of the things that you guys have going on. What what's next for my race pass? You know, there's a this last year has taught us a lot as a company. Um, you know, obviously we're growing and growing and bringing more and more racetracks on in the in the you know the, the circle tracks. Um, so obviously the next, the next move is going to be, you know, trying to get into different genres of motorsports. Um, so we're working on some stuff. Uh, we'll probably have something that's in beta mode sometime next spring and you'll, you'll start seeing us in different areas of, of the world of motorsports. Um, that's the, that's the big thing. But what we've learned this year too is um, with COVID and, and it's kind of refocused us on a couple things that we do. Um, one of them being our ticketing sales, ticket sales platform. Um, there's a lot of things that we can do to make some amazing strides for marketing situations, I guess, for, uh, for promoters mm-hmm. um, that we can retroactively, you know, introduce um, for all the tickets that were sold this year. So that's going to be the big thing that we're working on this fall is, is improving our ticketing system. And uh, I'm not afraid to say it. We've, we've got a, we got a, we got a loyal customer base. We're doing some amazing things on it. Uh, we can get, um, you know, we can get that ticket icon in front of um, hundreds of thousands of people versus just one ticket icon on their website. And um, so that, that's, that's a cool aspect of what we're doing there. So it's right now it's just mainly, you know, the fantasy platform. You're going to see some really cool stuff coming out here um, for that. Uh, right now, like I said, right now, we're just kind of, kind of, it's just kind of out there kind of going. Um, we just launched our all access plan. Um, we have, we had three plans, live insider and fantasy, which insider include live fantasy include the other two. Mm-hmm. Uh, live was eight bucks a year. Insider was 35 bucks a year. and Fantasy was 55 bucks a year. Um, we just recently, just like, a day ago, launched our all-access plan at just five hundred nine a month. So you can try it for a while, see what you think, cancel any time. You can play fantasy. You get to open up all your driver bios on the Myers Pass app. Um, we got some big things coming to front face. Some of the stuff that you can do in the app on the desktop version um, of profiles and stuff, which that's going to be a new thing coming here before PRI. You'll see. Um, 
and then, you know, we're at the point now where we, we really got to focus. We got one more year before, as we just kind of fine tune some of our other stuff that we've done, mm-hmm. you know, tickets, fantasy race management. Um, we have a, a sanction management software that saves hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours for a sanctioning body and it saves, it will save money um, for the larger, larger sanctioning bodies. It saves a lot of money. Um, it also, you know, protects licenses and that kind of stuff. Um, so there's some work we got to do on that. Um, and um, because we have a lot of sanctions that are you know, ready to come on board with that just to, for all the reasons I just said earlier. Um, so n- nothing real big, I guess, is going to be coming down the pipeline right now. You're just going to see a lot more fine tuned of what we got going on now. Um, and then you'll see some stuff floating next summer of some different stuff that we're working on. And then you'll see, you'll see a big launch come PRI next year. I'll let you go. I certainly appreciate the time today, but I, I, I want to know like some more details about the fantasy thing. Like what, what, like, what does that like look like inside the app? You know, what, are we picking drivers for points? Like, you know, kind of give me that, that, that rundown on what that fantasy looks like. So it's fairly simple. It's for one, it's all, it's all automated. Um, so, I mean, you could go on the scores, don't have to do anything different to be able to have fantasy available on their, on their profile on the app. Um, we have an algorithm that generates how you rank them, but it's, it's a pick them style fantasy. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of the night, you have, uh, once the entry list is built and the lineups are set, you can go to the fantasy tab on my range pass, the track you're at, and say there's 15 drivers. There's going to, it's going to break it up um, five packs of three. So you pick one driver out of each five, each, each of the five packs. So you're going to have your five drivers, right? And now you're just picking basically who's going to be better right what's cool about it is so then you have up until the first set of results i'm giving away a little inside info you have up until the first set of results get published in the app around race management um to to get your picks locked in Mm -hmm. does that make sense Mm -hmm. like heat race number one when when the checkered flag drops on that you better have your picks ready because the time the checkered flag drops the picks are going to be locked Mm -hmm. um the uh what's cool about it though is throughout the night your points will change all night long. So when the heat run, heat one is over, if you had drivers in heat one, you're going to see where you're at in points. When heat two is over, you're going to see where you're at in points. Heat three, so on and so forth. And every, we have groups. Every group is a different, basically a class. So you got modified stock cars, sprint cars, lay models. So you're going to have four classes, four groups. So you can pick all four, pick through all, all four, or you can just pick one if you want. Um, and then you have your points total at the end of the night. And we also have a, a bonus a bonus for attendance points. So if you're at the facility, you'll get bonus points and it'll show that under your name that it's your attendant. And there's a lot of fun stuff that we're going to be able to do with that. But uh, in a nutshell, it's just a pick them style fantasy right now. Uh, there's no prizes. It's more so just talking to your buddies and, you know, trying to beat your buddy. And, um, you know, we'll have a lot of stuff in the future. I mean, there'll be some, I can't give it away, but there's going to be fine. some really cool stuff coming down the pipeline with fantasy and, and, uh, and it's, it's more so, you know, think of, think of the season points at a racetrack. There's some fun stuff you do with that with the fans and uh, they have your own fantasy points. And it's, it, there's a, it's going to be cool. So it's like, it's not just even like the big stuff, the big series, the big events. Like if you're sitting at your local track and they have my race pass, like you could do the street stocks, like you could do literally everything all night long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. You know, it's the cool thing about it is you could literally like our biggest weekend. When I say weekend, I mean Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night of racing last year. We had over 600 events. 
Um, you couldn't physically do this, but if you wanted to, you could play 600 fantasy events. That's awesome. From your phone. Yeah. Um, and they'd be playing people all over the world, you know, and, and uh, that's what's neat about it. It's not just, it's not just one series that's followed along. It's not just, it's everybody. And that's, so we did that for a couple of reasons. One, mainly because if I was 2012 again, and I was Josh Holt at, Rock, at Rapids Speedway in Rock Rapids, Iowa, and somebody came to me and said, you know, I want you to do this as a race management software. It's going to help your, help your night out. Okay, that's cool. Um, we want to be able to automatically click your points. Okay, that's cool. Well, then we're going to provide an app for your fans to be engaged in throughout the night to learn about your drivers and learn about your races. Okay, that's cool. Well, then we're going to provide a fantasy platform for your, for your fans and your drivers to be a part of and for you to be able to sell, maybe potentially sell sponsorship against or whatever the case. And I'm like, I'm sold. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, so that that's the whole the whole point of it is to, you know, like I, like I, I want to, I know we're running out of time, but I, I, all I care about, me and I and I think most of our all of our team is, feels the same way is we want to make the sport as the best we possibly can. Uh, we want to provide our 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 ability of development, our ability of, of the marketing side of it. We want to be able to have every racetrack out there be able to take advantage of that for not a lot of money. I mean, we're talking like six hundred bucks a year a track can get all this stuff, mm-hmm. and which is nothing, right? And um, we want we want to be able to engage that race fan. There are so many different things out there that race, a fan can go do. They can they can there's a million different things. When I was a kid, there wasn't that much stuff. You know, I didn't have a cell phone for starters. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, I didn't have that. I didn't have a the weather app, which is the worst thing in the world for motorsports because if there's any green blobs anywhere on the screen, it could be in Kentucky, and I'm looking at a race in South Dakota. I'm not going to go because it might rain. Um, you know, there's so many different curveballs that promoters have been thrown at the thrown you know the, the last few years and. We're trying to help ease that. We want that race fan engaged the entire time they're there. You know, we want that race fan to be able to go tell all their buddies how much fun they had, not only with the race and how bad, how cool the racing was, but how cool the experience was. That they tell all their buddies so they can come and so that ultimately the promoters can sell more tickets, uh, drivers get more exposure. It's just, it's just a big circle and everything is better. And that's 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 our goal. We just want to make it better. Absolutely. Well, uh, I'll let you go, but uh, where where can we find my race pass? Where where do we where do we go? So all the social channels, obviously, find us on Facebook. Give us a like. We, we're probably common or we're most active on that. Um, and, and Twitter, obviously, we do as much as we can. So it's just myracepass.com slash Facebook slash Twitter slash Instagram slash, and you'll get to all of our channels. Um, and then, obviously, myracepass.com. Check us out online. And then, obviously, the, the MyRacePass app. Um, a lot of people got it. If you don't have it, be sure to get it. Um, it's free to download. We just, you can get out the Google play or the Apple app store. Um, we just launched our five nine a month, all access plan. Check it out. Open yourself up to everything that my race pass can do. And I guarantee you won't be disappointed. With this conversation, I wanted to jump behind the scenes of one of the few technology companies around dirt racing, and it was super interesting to hear from Josh. He and co-founders Zach Kalmus and Ross Van Eck have built a serious platform over many years, and it sounds like they've got more cool stuff coming. You can find the Dirt Tracker podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or where you get podcasts. You can also watch the shows on YouTube. For more cool dirt racing stuff, visit dirttracker.com and follow Dirt Tracker on Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok.